0: of learning wild rift podcast here we are looking to help wild rift players new and old to improve their game by creating a library of important information that is easily accessible for anyone who wants to up their skill you can follow us in our discord on twitter facebook or instagram links to all of these can be found using our link tree available in the podcast description if you'd like to support us monetarily you can reach out to hispanic link and discord or you can check out our patreon via our link tree Hello everyone, welcome to episode I I don't know, was this sixteen? Episode sixteen of the League of Learning Wildlift Podcast. Wow.
1: We're, we're already past how high you can count.
0: Yeah. I've run out of numbers and on my fingers and toes. I only have sixteen between all four. Oh boy. hmm hmm I'll let you guys guess which ones are missing.
1: Should grow some uh uh. I'm Chunko.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're going out of order hi i'm hispanic link okay who are you
1: still Chunko.
0: still Chunko. okay
2: i'm still the non-wild rift playing
0: d cleave nice
2: do you have you have thumbs right any of a phone nothing has changed still don't play the game
0: i got thumbs that's you don't have to have two thumbs to play wild rift you can play pointer finger thumb
2: i mean yeah he's got to play the game somehow right I play with sausages, so...
0: I bet you movement would be way better if you actually used...
2: Literal, factu- <laughs> literal factual sausages.
0: You could tell by the size of his Facebook Messenger thumbs up. They're a lot larger than the normal thumbs ups.
2: Yeah. Jesus Christ, it was <laughs> so big. Why was it so big? Wait, do you
1: guys not actually know not, not know how to do that?
2: I, I, I've never cared to look it up. Yeah, you just hold it.
0: I knew how to do it. It used to be just hold... And eventually it blows up. It doesn't work on my messenger anymore because I tried to do it again and it just sends the small one.
2: Honestly, I've never needed that big of a thumb, so I've never felt the need to to try and make it, you know, be a thing.
0: Well, Dave.
1: Antonio, it's just because Facebook hasn't deemed you cool enough, so.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
2: Oh, is that what it is? Yep.
0: It's true. Facebook has coolness ratings. Can
1: I hit the hit, please? Yep.
0: The Zuck will tell you.
1: And I am capping them, topping them
0: top 100 thumbs up supporters right here
1: 100 mm-hmm. percent cool guy here
0: all right emily would normally talk about our team boosts here all right and i can tell you they're less than last time but she's not with us this week she is heading to her hometown to go hang out and have her bridal shower so that's exciting very cool yes yes
2: wait do you, you have an opportunity to dock somebody and you're not doxing somebody
0: I know. I had to actually really think very hard for half a second there just to not dox us.
2: This is this is improvement. It's improvement. I like this. She's going to her hometown of Hispanic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At gmail.com. <laughs> That's where she lives. Gmail.com. Yep. Yep. Alright, Dave, what's new with PC League?
2: Oh, uh, we still got playoffs, man. It's still happening.
0: Is it going well?
1: It's been popping off across all regions.
2: I mean, it's going well for for some teams.
0: I know. Ryan's favorite team, TSM, is crushing it right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, TSM wonered in the lower bracket. I don't even remember who
1: they beat. FlyQuest.
0: (sighs) FlyQuest, yeah.
2: FlyQuest? They beat FlyQuest, right?
1: Which everyone predicted, like, a 3-1 or 3-0, yeah.
0: And then it was a 3-2, though, right?
1: Yeah, TSM. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, they won a five-game banger. Yeah, banger. And then what? Uh, LEC had a had a five gamer today as well. I think like every series is five games. It's sick.
0: That's awesome.
1: Not every series, but enough of them. Every good series is five games. It's sick. (laughs) Everyone was worried last weekend with the first uh playoff series, Team Liquid versus FlyQuest. FlyQuest comes out with you know forty minute victory in game one. Uh oh, Team Liquid not looking so good. And then we saw the worst three game stomp we've seen in a while. Holy moly! Team Liquid obliterated FlyQuest in the next three games. It wasn't even like people were even were even talking about the fact that FlyQuest won game one because of how bad the, the next three game, games were. So that was fun.
0: That's gonna be a yikes for me, dog.
2: Ryan's Ryan's second favorite team, Team Liquid.
1: Yeah, then FlyQuest lost again to TSM yesterday, knocking them out of the playoffs for good. Cloud9 versus CLG is a banger. CLG is currently playing their second uh, playoff match against Golden Guardians. They're up a game. Spoilers. Sorry, not sorry.
0: Spoilers that'll come out in two weeks.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I think we're okay with spoiling it. Dude, I love playoffs. Uh,
2: uh, The LCK finals are set. It's uh, Genji versus T1, I think.
0: LCK, you Uh, said?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Korea.
0: Did SKT get knocked out?
1: SKT isn't a team, my dude.
2: No, I said T1. SKT is T1. So yeah, uh, uh, that was pretty much expected. Uh, And now uh, most people are saying uh, Genji is going to pretty easily be T1. They're like the only team that really consistently was beating T1 during the regular season. Fucking non-believers.
1: But we'll see. It
2: should be good games.
1: Bunch of teams are qualified for Worlds.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that should be this weekend, right? I think.
1: The SK Finals, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I
2: think so. Then there's uh, TL somebody tomorrow. Hundred thieves. Are these? That one should be good.
1: We got G two versus Misfits tomorrow morning, which should be also another banger.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're all gonna be bangers. We're we're down to we're we're in playoffs. Every every series is good. I mean, I mean,
1: I mean, we got. I mean. We got LCS playoffs, which is eight out of ten teams. Not all of them are going to be bangers, so
0: <laughs> anything could be a stomp at any given point.
1: Well, yeah, we're getting into the, we're getting into the semis and kind of stuff. At, at this point, yeah, it's 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 hard to not have good ones because we're past the first couple of rounds. I don't know. Yeah, CLG and Golden Guardians. I, I, like, I don't know if you watched Game One, but they had like a, a like a seven minute dance around Elder Dragon that just was so painful. There were literally, like, three or four teleports over seven minutes. It was pretty garbage. <laughs> we don't know what to do.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, they'd get, like, one kill, and then, like... One of them would start the dragon, but there were still enough of them to like scale them off it. And then like they delayed enough so that their guy that died re- resurrected and teleported back in, and then they would kill one of the other person and but they wouldn't kill everyone, so they would still have enough people to keep off the dragon and then they delay so they're their dude teleport come it was ridiculous, stupid. Fantastic. We love strategic gameplay. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking clown fiesta. Yes. And then we have XL vs. Fanatic and Evil Genius for Cloud Nine. All of those should be awesome.
0: Nice. Sounds like a fun time. Sounds like leagues across the world are doing pretty cool shit right now, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. And then there's LPL, China. They're popping off. They just had another best of five this morning. JDG beats top esports. Rip Jackie Love. Mm. It was a banger, three two as well. And those those playoffs will continue this weekend.
0: Cool. Yeah. Love it. So LCK, LEC, LPL, any other ones? LCS. LCS, okay.
2: So within the next, I think, in the next two weeks or three weeks, three weeks at the most, the playoffs will be done.
0: Also,
1: I know we have a dis- decent amount of international viewers, uh, listeners, so uh, I know there are minor other minor regions, but I have but one brain, <laughs> and I can only keep track of so many schedules <laughs> at one, t- one point, so... Excited to see all the minor regions at Worlds and see what they can bring to the table. Because honestly, over the past couple of years, they the like the Wildcard regions have really been ste- stepping up in terms of gameplay and really taking it to uh, some of the more major regions. So, yep, they've done well.
0: Speaking of our international listeners, like if you guys ever have anything that you think we could cover, that's pretty cool. It could be little tournament series that anybody can join. It could be large tournament series that are the biggest in your region or whatever, like anything like that, message us on our uh, email or discord or anything else and like, let us know. So that way we'd be happy to, you know, bring more coverage, bring more viewers, bring more notoriety to stuff. That's, you know, going on in the league world.
1: Again, email us at, hispanic stink 69
0: (laughs) yes that's the one i'm gonna get that email right now (laughs) here's your claim code (laughs) all right wildrift ryan you sent me a link it looked like team liquid was doing kind of like a a weekly
1: yeah it looks like they have some i don't actually know too much about it i just kind of happened to stumble upon it as i was crawling over twitch for dopamine and yeah, it seems like they're doing a weekly... T- as one does. Yeah, <laughs> as one does. Uh, they're doing a weekly tournament series. Um, I don't know what the qualifications or anything are, but check out Team Liquid's Twitch channel.
0: Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for real. Check out their Twitch channel. I think it was happening on Thursday or whatever, and it's if it's a weekly thing, it'll happen on Thursdays. It looks like it's a league. Uh, I think It's Stewart has something to do, whether he's a commentator or a player, he has something to do with this league as well. So that's pretty exciting. So, um, yeah. Check it out. Looks like it's something that Team Liquid's maybe trying to grow. Okay. Got some Discord requests I wanted to go over here. So the requests are, let's talk about invading, placing deep wards, sweeping out wards, and roaming mid, and when are some good times to do that. So let's start with invading. Invading, the only time you should really invade that I can think of are two times. One, when you and two of your best friends that are currently in the game with you agree that all three of you are going to go invade the jungle at the same time. If you have less than three people, it's probably not worth even considering.
1: Yeah. I
2: just, like... Nah. If you have more people, then it's usually
1: fine. I think, like, when you're talking about invading, you have to think about, like, what you're even trying to accomplish. Like, right, like you're trying to disrupt the enemy jungler, but why, right? Yeah. Are they super heavy early game? Like, are they are they Kazakhs who will, like, uh, dunk on you 1v1, and, and you kind of want to sit them behind? So you invade him and push him off or whatever. Like, the point is to, like... regardless of the numbers thing right like the numbers thing is kind of obvious what you just think about is why you should have those numbers there
0: (laughs) yeah like when is the invade worth it and i think you brought up a great one like cossacks because of his isolated like passive where he deals more damage having more people there makes sense and also setting him behind makes it so he can gank less so yeah that makes sense uh, I could see like maybe another one being like Lee Sin you can go and steal his red because generally speaking in the early game once Lee Sin has his red he can pretty much 1v1 anyone including a Kha'zix or a Zinzhao. for example he is the stronger of the junglers once he gets his red buff so that was something interesting I learned recently so anytime you can kind of resource deny in a way that makes sense that would be the times I invade. The other time where I might consider invading the enemy jungler is later in the game when I know that me and my team have an established lead. Like if I'm two, three thousand gold ahead of the enemy jungler and I can justify based on the positions of my team and myself going into the enemy jungle and taking some of their camps. That's another way you can resource denial and keep them from being able to even get back into the game. Like the more farm you can deny the enemy team, the better.
2: I don't think anything you said is necessarily wrong. I think there is more intricacy to it than that.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I feel.
0: What do you guys got?
2: Uh, I think a lot of it depends on the knowledge of uh, enemy positioning and where your team is on the map. Like, for example, if you don't know where the enemy jungler is and the enemy bot lane is pushed to your bot lane tower, you would never invade.
0: Yeah, because that might be a better time to maybe go try to get somebody to rotate down a bot to stop them from taking the tower. Like, there's certain game states where you would rather help your team in other ways than to invade and resource deny the opponent. Definitely agree there.
2: I mean, regardless of what else you're, you're doing, like, you can just go through a checklist of just, like, if I invade, who will get to me first? Will it be the enemy team or my team?
1: Yeah. If it is the enemy team, do not invade. So a, a pithy way of kind of uh, encapsulating the concept is just pri- the word priority, right? Like who has priority in their in their space, right? The person that has priority is the person that can move more freely.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So if you're, if, you, if your lanes have priority, they're pushed up, right? You know, it's probably a better opportunity to invade. It also
2: depends on the purpose of the invade. Like if you're going into a camp, it's very different than going in to get vision.
1: Yep. So one, one's just a lot quicker. I haven't, well, I also have, like, if you're going in just to steal enemy camps, I almost never think that's worth it. Like, if you're already there and you're killing camps on the way out, right, but if you're going to, like, oh, I'm going to go get his grump, like, there has to be more to it than that (laughs) to make the play worth it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm going to go, you know, with my mid laner, we're going to go secure vision in, you know, in highly trafficked areas in their blue uh, blue side jungle, Um, and while we're in there, we're going to secure grump kind of thing right but if you're just like oh well my lanes are pushed up i'm gonna go steal Gromp, at like i don't know that's that's a tough play (laughs) yeah 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 just just like random time
0: i agree and something else i want to point out is like if you have the option between farming your jungle and farming their jungle you should probably take your jungle almost every time
2: Mm, again i think there's more intricacy than that I, i think a big part of it is tracking the enemy
1: jungler I think you should just take the safest camp. But like, if you have no other decision, take the safest camp available. Sometimes that's not always your camp, but yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I g- agree. So like, if it, in a hypothetical world where you always knew where the enemy jungler was, then like you would have the ability to like in, invade freely and get like camps so that you know are one hundred percent safe. So like, I think that's why like a very underrated skill that a lot of good junglers have is tracking where the enemy it's hard. It is really hard. I, I think it, it sets apart like good junglers
1: from really good junglers. It's it's crazy too, because like uh, it, like even in LCS, with which people don't consider that like that high level, you know, uh, when you consider internationally, right? like just watching some of the jungle play um, in that league is pretty crazy. Like um, there's pretty established jungle pathing, like, like you might go like red uh, raptors, uh, Gromp, gank or something, or you know, red raptors. Blue gromp gank, you know scuttle or something, right? This fucking psychopath um (laughs) grabbed his red, so he's on blue side. He grabbed his red, went invaded, grabbed their gromp, right? Put some vision down, flashed over the wall into the river bush to to gank and get first blood on the on red side. (laughs) What
2: the fuck? Antonio, if, if you wanna. If you want to learn some really creative ways to gank people, watch Team Lico games and watch Santorin. Oh yeah, dude, he's a genius. That that dude is amazing. Okay. He is very well known for never taking like the standard jungle pass. Yeah. And he gets first blood a lot.
1: Okay. Contracts also gets first blood a lot on CLG.
2: Yeah, he he was very for an entire season he was like the first blood king at doing that shit.
1: I mean this season he was
0: not for nothing. He's on Liquid. So obviously, uh, you know what? I shouldn't say somebody's on a pro team so they're good cuz that's not true. But he's on a well-established, long-standing pro team at this point that is known for being very good. So he's probably pretty good and worth checking out. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Sintorn's pretty good. Like, yeah, he's a pretty good jungler.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. T1's jungler owner also does similar things where he'll, he'll like flash over Dragon pit and gank bot lane from behind. Owner. Yeah. Hardly know her. Boner!
0: Oh my god! Giving
2: them the boner. Owner's awesome, yeah.
0: I did want to go back to something you said, Ryan, where you're like, "Wait for your lanes to establish prio." You know, check out those types of things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That actually segues really well into when it's okay to roam mid to look for ganks or to help your team, or to maybe look to secure objectives. You probably want to establish priority in your lane first. That's one of the easiest ways to know when you should be maybe checking to do something else. If you're able to establish prio, shove a lane under the enemy tower, that gives you some time to maybe go roam towards a scuttle, maybe to go help a jungle leash, maybe to go gank mid.
1: Priority isn't just something that you can just establish, right? Like some pri- some champions just have priority over other champions just so the, the just because of the way they work.
0: That's interesting. Can you go a little further into that?
1: Yeah, like, every mage will have uh, priority over Castan in the early game, because Castan just cannot clear the wave as fast as, like, Ari or Oriana, right? Okay. A range champion will have
2: priority over a melee champion, generally.
0: Because they can bully, they can uh, establish trading stance a lot easier, etc., etc.
1: Yeah, generally the easiest way to get priority is range. But you know, like if you are, if you if you get like a lead or something, you know, you can that can flip, right? But like, I, I just wanted to clarify because you said, you know, you, you want to make sure you establish party. Like, it's not something you can necessarily establish, but it's something that you can identify and 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 play around, right? Uh, it's kind of like uh, if you remember the article in Magic, who's the beatdown, right? Like, it changes, and they're, like. Obviously, sometimes you want to be the beatdown, but you can't just make sure you establish yourself as the beatdown, right? Does that make sense?
0: Well, yeah, of course it makes sense. But also, like, in situations where you can manipulate that, you should be clearing waves. You should be able to try and create opportunities for yourself to roam. You should be making sure stuff's not crashing in your tower. So, like, I definitely agree. I'm sure there's some champs, like, definitely have more priority than others. And just like in certain matchups, that's just going to be the case.
1: I, don't, I think the important thing isn't as a mid laner to establish priority. It's as a mid laner to communicate with your jungler what you think your priority is, and then playing around that. Like,
0: sure, yeah.
1: Part of it, uh, another
2: important part of it, is also knowing when your opponent has priority. Yep. So you, if they have priority and you know that they can roam, or like knowing when they when their jungler can be there, like that lets you play around these things so that you can play safer and you can avoid getting ganked.
0: Sure makes sense
2: and for, for better for better or for worse i don't know how i did this I, I somehow get really good at this so like i have a i have an app that i use when i uh when i play and whenever it pops up it'll say like it'll give you little like short sentences that explain like your play style or whatever and one of mine is like never gets ganked or never dies to gank
1: nice <laughs> that's not me i'm always pushed up i I'll, I'll, I, I die <laughs> to a stiff breeze uh,
2: <laughs> i thought you played tanks
1: what are you doing <laughs> i still die <laughs> Build but yeah no like you know as a as a mid laner i think it's really important to not, not not necessarily look to like just but understanding like what your priority is in each matchup right like you know like just because your your, your your champion doesn't have priority in the early game or whatever doesn't mean it's a good, it's not a good pick or whatever, right? Like, just because Kasten loses early game to basically any range champion doesn't mean you shouldn't pick Kasten, right? It means you should communicate with your jungler. is like, hey, like, I don't have priority. I can't help you if you get ganked, right? Or if you get, like, if you get collapsed on or something. But, you know, uh, since I don't have priority, the enemy champion should be you know, pushed up they'll have priority they might be looking at roam and we might be able to set a trap for them or something right
2: now i was just going to say that like i think there's a lot of things like that that come with like champion knowledge and knowing when your champion is strong and on what on what power spikes on what levels on uh six i got a penta uh on fucking zeri
1: yeah <laughs> like the 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 infamous lucian level 2 power spike right lucian is typically yeah, yeah, stronger yeah, yeah. than at level 2 than basically almost any champion in the game
2: so like I, I think I was I think I was telling you guys about this when I was playing nyla in that one that one normal game as soon as I hit level two boom went in because I knew I was I was stronger at level two so there's a lot of things like that where or like level three is another one where when you when you get access to all three of your abilities that's a really big power spike for some champions and you can you can kill someone
1: yeah like for example
2: Pantheon level six is a big one kill tail spikes at level 16 <laughs> stuff like that
1: Pantheon is another great example of a champion that spikes really hard at level three. Yeah, so he has all of his abilities, and you really want to like, you know, a, a common thing for Pantheon is like clear both buffs and gank, right? Hit level three gank, because there are very few champions that can beat Pantheon in a one v one at level three. Um, but all
2: that stuff really it comes with with champion knowledge and and gameplay, and like it's not something that you really. Like, you can't look at a champion's ability. You can't, like, read the abilities in-game and, like, know these things. Like, it's, it, it's not like you have to gain from elsewhere.
1: Yeah. And it's not always obvious, right? Because sometimes you're like, or you're like Oriana versus Yasuo. Probably Oriana gets pushed because, you know, we talked about melee versus range. Oriana pushes waves pretty pretty uh, freely. Um, however, like, Oriana versus Ari. Who's, who's Who has priority there? I have no idea, actually. I haven't played the matchup enough to know. Um, I suspect it's Ari but Dave might know better. I haven't played it in a long time. Gotcha.
0: I think early Ori might have a little bit more of an advantage, but I think once Ari gets her dashes, it's one hundred percent her.
1: I I don't know. Like Ari having the true damage uh, to push waves really hard is pretty nuts. Um, I, I think it depends. <clears throat> it depends on mana. Yeah, I think it's a skill matchup, probably.
2: Yeah, um, like Ori can't push with her W because it costs too much mana. Yeah, but
1: but Ari can push with her Q pretty really. Yep. So, uh, yeah, maybe Ari would have priority in that lane, right? But, you know, like, if you whiff all your abilities, then Orianna can just, can, you know, that's kind of a situation where you can establish priority, you know, where it's, like, kind of a skill matchup, and, but, like, you'd have to have a really huge skill disparity to to get priority on Ari as Yasuo, you know? Or you just play, like, a maniac? <laughs> Yasuo bot, baby. I mean, sometimes that works, too. Like, if you... Oh, oh it sure does. Wait, we also have or playing like a maniac.
2: Playing like man playing like a maniac. Like if you feel like you're really disadvantaged in a matchup, play it. The JoJo method. <laughs> yeah, the JoJo method. Like. <laughs> if you, uh, if you just, if you play it really cocky, and just play like, yeah, I know what I'm doing, and just go on them, like they're gonna be like, oh, I must be missing something. It's like, yeah, yeah, like half the time they're just gonna flash away,
1: <laughs> or or like they're gonna think their junglers there, your junglers there or something. It's like, it's like when, uh, it's, it's like when you chump attack and they're, they're like, and you have nothing in your hand, right? But they're like, yeah. Yeah. Same deal. But yeah. Yeah. They take it anyway. Cause they, you know, what if you have something, right?
2: Yeah. It's like, like any, t- like I do this, I do this so much when I'll like, I'll, uh, when I'm playing Thresh, I'll throw my lantern into Fog of War when there's nobody there yeah. and just start walking at somebody and half the time they will just flash. <laughs>
1: so yeah so the, the the nice so we were talking about invading and like priority right and so like one of the, like we talked about like what priority is and like you know kind of how to kind of identify it um really it's kind of by feel but like what do you do with your priority right I, like what do you got what do you what do you like to like what do you guys think are good things to do with if you have priority in, in your lane
0: roam towards scuttle help jungle roam towards other lanes check and see if you can place wards which can kind of segue into maybe finding a chance to play wards deeper into your enemy's jungle so tracking the jungler like dave and ryan were talking about earlier is easier that way you can kind of keep an eye out like where the enemy jungler is are they coming to gank you so on and so forth so finding ways to create more value across the whole map as opposed to just in your lane
1: here's the thing about roaming right like i agree that you should look to roam right but like a lot of players make the mistake, I think, of they'll actually straight up travel all the way to other lanes sometimes when all you really need to do is just get out of vision, right? As long as you're in the fog of war, it's the same as roaming for the, uh, as far as the other team is concerned, right? <laughs> so, like, if you...
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point, actually.
1: Like, if if you're in mid lane, right, and the, your enemy mid laner sees you leaving and entering the, the top side river, right, and they don't have any vision, right... You can just sit in the river bush, and as far as they're concerned, they're ganking top, right? And so they'll push up mid, and then you come back and trap. You know, that's kind of one of those traps kind of things I was talking about, where you kind of play mind games with vision. And so, one of the cool things you can do with priority is establish vision to kind of make sure you can uh, get uh, picks like that. So, yeah, sometimes it's, it is useful to actually make it all the way to another lane or something, but as long as you're not in vision, the enemy team like has to think about what you're doing, right? And that, that's. That <laughs> Honestly, I think you can call that pressure, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Did you, see, did you see LS's rant about how Vision is overrated? Everything always comes back around to Vision. Always, everything. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's wrong or... Like, whatever. I think the discussion itself is interesting because he raises a good point, right? Like, I mean, LS has been wrong before, bro. I think people do rely too much on Vision because if um, not knowing... Where people are is, is just as useful as knowing where they are sometimes, right? Like, you know, you can use a lot of deductive reasoning to be like, all right, well, I know this champion moves at this rate on average, right? And it takes this long to travel. And so they've been missing from Fog of War for so long. And therefore, this is the radius in which they can be found, <laughs> right? You don't need a ward to tell you that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like, a, a lot of that stuff can, can be deduced. Oh, absolutely. But... A lot of us, I mean, sometimes like your mind is elsewhere when, when playing the game, and you, you and it's like one less thing to, uh.
1: 100%. And like that's kind of what will separate, you know, good and great players from amazing and the, the best players, right? Is the people that can process a lot of information and still perform at a, you know, high mechanical level. I'm not saying it's easy, right? But I do, I do get like the the notion that like, uh, and it, to, to be fair, he was specifically, he wasn't talking about solo queue, he was talking about you know uh, pro pro play and stuff. And that's, in that context, I do think vision is overrated. And I do think it, kind of, it does kind of apply to um, solo queue in the sense that, I, I don't know, I, I personally tunnel vision super hard <laughs> on my lane, on my lane state, on my CS and stuff like that. And um, I I think those kind of things anyone can work on and try and improve on in their game.
0: You could always be working to try and take in more information at one given time for this game, because taking in information from multiple different places definitely can help you a lot. Like understanding what your opponents are building, understanding what you're building, understanding levels, understanding who use their alt, who use their flash, understanding where you are on the map, where you could be going on the map, where pressure is, where pressure is not.
1: And a lot of this will become intuitive as you play more and more games, yeah. right? Like, not, not like people aren't sitting there calculating, well, well, I know he has 330 move speed, and it takes him 13 yeah. seconds to go... Like, it's more like... I, I did have that times. thought. <laughs>
0: when you are talking about p- characters moving, I'm like, who the fuck is memorizing how fast <laughs> each character moves? Like, but, okay. But, but,
1: like, you know, it's like, you, you, it's, like a, it's one of those things that you can calculate, like, a baseline and just kind of use as a heuristic, right? You don't need to yeah. do it every time, but you can test it out once, you can know that it takes... About 15 seconds or whatever and then you just know that and you can just keep thinking and as you play more and more games you refine your heur- heuristics right and yeah know, so you're like all right well i know it takes you know it should take roughly this long because he doesn't have any boots but if he does have boots it shaves off a couple seconds and so this play isn't as safe anymore kind of thing yeah.
0: right yeah and to real quick before dave goes like an example is like you know a veigar moves slower than a camille especially since like a camille can like hop over barriers and like mess with the movement a little bit or like another example for pc league specifically is like poppy poppy can like ride barriers and like so on and so forth so there's ways that different characters move and as you play you'll learn how these different characters move
2: yeah i, I was just gonna say like you, you you make a joke about like figuring out how fast things are uh characters are moving but like i've watched a lot of streams uh Yerkson comes to mind in particular where when he's communicating with other people on his team uh, through voice comms, he'll actually say, okay, so-and-so's coming top. They'll be there in 15 seconds. Okay, we'll be there in 10 seconds. We'll be there in five seconds.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. It, it, like, That's crazy. It's awesome, too. And, like, yeah. looks, uh, what, like one of the things that, I, and, you know, I'm not a super huge LS fan, but I just happen to find this discussion interesting, uh, is because he was talking about it also in the context of, like, StarCraft 2. Because um, a, a lot of pl- uh, people, you know, <laughs> these are very difficult things to do it's a lot of information to process right but it's not like it hasn't ever been done before it's demonstrably um doable uh you just got to go back and watch like starcraft pros, right like the the amount of information those guys can extrapolate from like a like a a a flicker a
0: screenshot essentially (laughs) yeah
1: you know what i mean and he had this like he had this really amazing example right where just to you know Set the scene real quick for the anecdote is StarCraft is a is an um, RTS game where you control units uh, and the goal is to you know have you you have your base making units and you try to kill your opponent's base when they're making units try to kill your base right and so there's there's uh, resources on the map that you can collect to you know to, toward these ends right and so the <coughs> this foreign player is playing against a Korean player and. Uh, <laughs> There's just there's so many levels to it, right? Like you know, there's a basic expectation of what a pro would expect to know in a game, right? And so knowing this, the the foreign player is like, all right, well, I'm gonna send some of my, my worker units to, to to fake collecting resources, right? And so what this did was when the when the Korean player scouted out the the foreign player, he saw the little worker units in, you know, the, the like, ring, and he's like, alright, well, if that guy has worker units here, he must be working on a second base, and so therefore he has less units, and I should be safe. The foreign player was like, psych, instead of making a second base, he put all that money into making units and ran over the Korean player. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was a mind game thing, right? Because, like, of the expectations these pros have by knowing like, well, if I see a unit here at this time, this is, this is what this typically should mean. Right. And those kind of skills are transferable over to league of legends and wild rift where, you know, (laughs) you know, you're like, Oh, X person used their, their, their uh, ultimate at this time. It's unavailable for a certain amount of times, which means X, Y, and Z for me kind of thing. Right. It's a really interesting thing. And it's, it's, it's a broader thing that can apply to any game, you know, even magic, right? Like a lot of these concepts apply in magic.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you might even call that metagaming. gaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so deep warding and sweeping for wards. Basically. So there's three trinkets we have right now. We have the red sweeper lens. We have the yellow trinkets and we have the pink trinkets. So, as far as sweeping goes, I don't really see sweepers a ton anymore, except at, like, higher elos.
1: Sweepers are so OP.
0: Yeah. Like, generally speaking, diamond is when I really start to see people pick up red sweepers and stuff and start actually trying to, like, sweep rivers, sweep objectives, sweep tri-bushes, sweep, like, basically just the entrance of your jungle, unless you're, like, really losing.
1: Uh, hey, also, uh, hidden hidden bonus mode the sweeper, right? It reveals stealth enemy champions.
0: Yep. So, your <laughs> Evelyns, your Teemos, anybody who goes invisible.
1: Also, anyone in Brush.
0: That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah.
1: So, like, Sweeper's awesome, right? It's not just for wars.
0: Yeah. It's for enemies, too. And traps.
1: And traps. Like, so, the platinum players and below start picking up that, <laughs> that Sweeper. <'cause> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good.
0: Uh, as far as when you want to sweep, I would say, like, if you're about to go start an objective like that's a good time to maybe check the area like as you're laying down your own vision check for enemy vision early in the game i like picking up a vision control ward and like i'll run down let's say i'm in solo lane i'll run down solo i'll wait till i see my opponent in a lot of cases to see if i see them like go really close to a bush and then suddenly turn around and come back to lane they probably didn't just run to the bush for no reason they probably laid a ward and so, at some point, I might try to lay down a a vision control ward and try to take that ward to get an extra thirty gold or whatever.
1: Some mind games there.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like you know, that that's a great point. Maybe you can just run to a bush and turn around, and then they go for <laughs> the vision control ward. No <laughs> go
1: ward, gotcha. Uh, thanks for word, idiot. yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I might try that. <laughs> Yellow wards I think, are just generally useful. I find them useful in, like, the mid to late game. That's Because you can use more than one of them at once. They're really, really powerful. You can set up two yellow trinkets behind Dragon Pit, one in Tribush and one towards the mid lane side of the pit. So that way you have full vision on where the enemy team may be coming from if they choose to approach from their jungle, which in most cases they probably will be. There are some times where they might approach from river. Very rarely should they approach from your jungle, but hey, I guess it's possible. So that's why I like taking.
1: <laughs> I just described to you a level two gank originating from the enemy jungle.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Got
1: flash over the wall into the river bush.
0: <laughs> I hated it, but you did say those words. Yeah. And then as far as deep warding goes, I think as you take more and more enemy turrets and you kind of start pushing them more and more towards their base and maybe possibly stealing their resources, that's a really good time to start warding deep in their jungle. Like if you can get away with it, I'm sure there's other times early in the game that you can. Well, hey,
1: when you say deep in their jungle, what do you mean, right? So like you shouldn't just throw like a ward in between like uh <laughs> like anywhere, right? Like where what is deep like what is a good place like where do you like to ward?
0: There's like three spots. Uh, Let's say if we're on their red side, I could ward to the left of the red pit. And that's like a fine spot to me because you can see lane. You can see that part of the jungle. I like to the right of red as well. There's like a bush over in that area. And you don't even need to put it in the bush because, again, yellow wards go invisible. So like just throwing it somewhere on the right side of the pit between red and raptors and mid lane is a good place. And I think we talked about this a long time ago, and Dave brought up that you could leave a ward outside of the enemy-only entrance gates to their base. That's a good place to put it, so you can kind of see when they're starting to run out to lane, and it's outside of the turret's true vision, which is slightly larger than their attack range. And so those are a couple spots that I like to put it. On the blue side, I would put it between blue and Gromp. Maybe I could put one more towards mid and towards like the back side of the Wolf's Pit, but then again, at the entrance of the jungle, in between the gate to their base, that only they can get through. So,
1: do you touch on something that I liked at the end? But I, th- I think on the opposite side of the map, I think the jungle entrances are really important. To <laughs> sorry. Oh my god! Are you okay? <laughs> no, I think the jungle entrances are really important to ward, specifically the jungle entrances like into the river right uh you can get a lot of information by observing where people are going in and out of their jungle yeah specifically like the ramp up in like if you're on blue side the ramp um up into like the raptors in between the herald pit and the raptors like that area is really good to to ward. that brush uh is also good to ward. there's a lot of people that path through there uh as a top laner (laughs) on blue side also um the brush uh, uh, across from the gromp camp. I mean, from the Krug camp. So, like, <laughs> that's a cool word because it kind of lets you see where they're passing from red buff. It lets you see into the lane. And it also lets you know if they're going to do Krugs. It's a. Uh, I like that word a lot. What about you, Dave? Krugs? Yeah, like, right across, like, the Krug brush. It's, it's an awesome word.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I think there just needs to be more uh, warding outside of bushes.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I agree.
2: I see a lot, of, a lot of people are really stuck in the mindset of like, oh, my board has to be in a bush all the time. I like lane wards a lot. Yeah.
0: Well, I think people, including myself for a long time, were under the impression that wards could be seen. <laughs> like, if you don't put them in a bush, they'll be seen by the enemy team.
1: Imagine reading the text in the game.
0: Listeners, listeners international, once you have placed a yellow ward, after three seconds, it can no longer be seen by the enemy team until they either put down a red sweeper, a vision ward, or use a blue vision plant to be able to go over your ward and then see it. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the League of Learning Wildlife Podcast. And in big league,
2: Umbral also reveals Yep.
0: So, what did we learn? We're not going to put our wards in bushes. We're going to try and get more vision in the enemy jungle. You can roam, but you don't have to roam all the way to lanes and you should only do it when you have a safe ability to do so. And sometimes you won't have a safe ability to do so. And that's okay too.
1: Yeah. So like another example of a ward that you don't necessarily want to put in a brush. Like if you're on, again, these are from blue side, but I guess the, the rift is mirrored. So it doesn't really matter, but the red side brush, I mean the red buff brush, you don't necessarily want to put a ward in there because uh, if depending on where you put it, you can't always see into the <laughs> into mm-hmm. their red buff pit. Um,
0: I agree.
2: Yeah, be careful where you put them because wards use line of sight.
1: Yeah,
0: it can't see through walls.
1: <laughs> that that's another that's another kind of important thing though. Is like like if a ward can't see it, the champion can't see it, right? And so you can you can play around with vision in that way, right? Um, play some wards and some practice modes and see like what vision they reveal. Right. Cause like, e- like if you know where a ward is placed, you don't have to walk through it. You can walk around it and it's, you, yeah, you weren't seen. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So play around with exactly how far the wards let you see so that you can skirt around them. Right. So uh, depending if, if there's particularly poor placement, you might still be able to get your gank off and still not be seen. I think uh, the the brushes. I think those are warded way too much on average. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think sometimes that ward's justified, but I do agree. I think like warding a river bush or warding in a river is probably a better use of your ward. Yeah, I, I like. I don't, yeah, I don't know. All right, what's next? Well, I have just a a tip that I took down because some people might not think about it. Just the tip. Just the tip. Just a tip. Uh, When you're backing to buy items, if you find yourself mid-item, but you can't complete the item because you don't have quite enough gold, but you still have a significant amount. Just kill the
1: enemy champion a couple times. It gives you a bunch of gold.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) What I was going to say is you can use 500 plus gold to to build other things, essentially. You could build the item that goes into your next item. You could build boots. You could upgrade your boots. There are other ways to spend your gold even if your automatic build pathway doesn't let you know that and this comes back to don't get to emerald without like while waiting to learn how to open the shop you know those types of things so reminder you can open the shop
1: not that you can't it's just inadvisable
0: yes you you should learn how to open the shop it's a good thing
1: like if you have uh, if you have two uh, like mid-tier components and you're waiting to combine the shop won't typically recommend you like spend gold right because upgrading mm-hmm. items is that uh powerful but otherwise it's pretty good about like maximizing your gold spent yeah and that that got, that does go to show like at, like that like Antonio or uh, Hispanic link it raises a great point uh like if you have if you have 900 gold to combine your if you need 900 gold to combine your item and you have 600 gold buy a longsword or an amplifying tome to or you know a defensive 500 gold item to to help you right but sometimes i think there's a judgment to be made there's like is it worth just waiting to combine the item like is the the power spike you get by waiting a few hundred more gold worth it you know what i mean um, yep um, and i you know i think it's a case-by-case basis and you have to feel it out right like for an ad carry, for example right do you want to delay your your first item to get an extra long sword probably not right if you're a jungler do you want to delay your first item to get a couple tanky items to, to to help you skirmish probably right mm-hmm you know, it, it's, it's case by case. And, um, you know, play more games and let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. Definitely wanted to, like, at least bring it up, though. Because, like, Ryan always says, if you have gold, gold and it's not spent, you don't have any advantages over your opponents. If you spend your gold.
1: You don't get any benefit from it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You might actually get something out of it. 12 AD. 5 or 20 armor maybe 150 health. There's a lot of things you can buy for relatively cheap in the store.
1: That's and just to kind of piggyback off that, like mm-hmm. you could it, the game tells you what items your opponents have. So free. So like if you get into lane and you just fucking like walk into the enemy lane and they just bop you and you're like what the hell? Why are they so much stronger than me? And you look at the items and you have lost chapter and boots and they have a Luden's Echo that's why you got bopped, right?
0: <laughs> Might be because they have an item and you don't. Very well could be.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, So just like, you know, you can see the items they have. So don't run yourself into a brick wall. Anyway, sorry for the digression.
0: <laughs> no, you're fine. No, no, no. It's totally fine. So speaking of buying items, there are mid-tier items that are worth buying at certain situations. And so like some great examples that i can think of personally are like buying a warden's mail could be good a bramble vest could be good a chain vest could be good a hex drinker there's a lot of things that give you armor or ability power in small doses is dave about to leave i
2: was was supposed to leave 15 minutes ago i'm leaving
1: bye dave
0: all right bye dave thanks for hanging out with us
1: bye friends I think of the, the ones that you mentioned, I think the most impactful ones are Wardens Veil and Hex Drinker and Oblivion Orb, which I don't think you mentioned yet. But
0: Yeah, but I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, I know you were about to. Uh, also Sheen. Sheen's and Zane.
0: <laughs> yep sheen's a really good one let's see let's look at these magic items tear of the goddess is great if you want more mana lost chapter is also good if you want to have uh less cooldowns sheen like you said uh tax deal double bonus damage after ability casts oblivion orb uh gives grievous wounds to magic
1: so the thing about things like sheen and like chain vests and stuff like that those are like you expect to pick those up because those build into good items right so yes The thing about, like, Warden's Mail is, like, you don't want to necessarily rush the items that Warden's Mail uh, builds into right away, right? Whereas, like, you do want to rush the Sheen item right away because, like, those upgrades are so powerful. Trinity Force and Divine Sunder are amazing, whereas Randu and Zomen and Frozen Heart, while impactful, aren't the same kind of power spike, right? Yeah. You get a lot more, there's a lot more uh, disparity in the relative power between Sheen and Triforce than there is between uh, Warden's Mail and Frozen Heart, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think those kind of, like, and the same thing goes for, I, I think, the, for me, like, the, the the three that stick out in my mind uh, for attack damage is Hexdrinker, right? Because, like, mob, my isn't always worth finishing, but Hexdrinker can really tip the, the matchup for you in an AP uh, matchup. So, like, mm-hmm. it's worth picking up on, like, Zed and Corky and Yasuo if you're against an AP mid laner. So, it was, uh, sorry. What the fuck did I just say? What item?
0: You're talking about Hex Drinker and how it could be good.
1: Yeah, Hex Drinker. Oblivion Orb for AP champions that have a lot of healing on the enemy team. If they don't have any healing on the enemy team, don't pick up the Oblivion Orb. <laughs>
0: yeah, yes, you don't need it. Don't need it. And. Something you're alluding to, I think, is only certain champions are going to want to build certain things. Like, you could build some armor or magic resist if you feel like a matchup's really bad, but if you're a mage, you probably don't want those at the end of the game. So there's a good chance later in the game you're going to sell maybe some of these early and mid-game items that you've picked up and turn them into other more useful items as the game goes on.
1: Yeah, and so and, and I think the other two I wanted to mention, Warden's Mail specifically, and Specter's Cowl, which is the kind of the magic resist version. Those items are all solid mid-tier items that don't necessarily build into amazing finished items so yeah just be on the lookout for the utility of those things right like and but like again like i said utility right you're not building them to to deal the most damage (laughs) right you're building them to counter a specific aspect of, of your opponent's uh kit
0: yep agree some other items that you might pick up are like vamp scepters really good BF sword's really good. Phage is really good. And the, like, Phage, for example, is great because it builds into something like Black Creator, Black Cleaver or Trinity Force, which is, like, a very arguably the best AD item in the game. BF sword's good because it builds into things like Hallbreaker, Guardian Angel, Infinity Edge, Storm Razor, Steric's Cage. You can take a BF sword and put it into armor, attack. There's a lot of pathways that you can take a BF sword. Don't really think a any... stinger is, like, fine. Caulfield's Warhammer is fine.
1: I wouldn't really build Stinger by itself. Like yeah. again, like those items build into items that you like finish into items that you want. So like you're always going to build a BF sword. You're always going to build uh, a Phage and stuff like that. The more interesting ones to me are like uh, like you know uh, I really like Hexstriker in AP matchups because the Lifeline passive is kind of busted.
0: Yeah, like b- yeah, like you're saying like Bombie Cinder Kindergarten like those build into really good items, but but they're not like they're not niche. Great on themselves, yeah. Yeah. So as far as stuff you might want to consider building on yourself, to me, it's like Hex Drinker, Chain Vest if you really want armor, Bramble Vest. Bramble Vest
1: is another good one because it, it doesn't always build into the best item. Like Thornnail is whatever, right? Yeah. Thornmail's fine. I don't think it's a great second item. Like people like to build it sometimes. Um, no. Like don't finish it. Bramble Vest gives you plenty of value by itself. Um, mm-hmm. That That's a great example because like yeah. – items that you don't necessarily want to finish but are, are really impactful because you get like some sort of passive from the from the immediate item or something
0: Mm-hmm. tear the goddess is a great one yeah. for um,
1: basically I any mana intensive champion
0: yeah uh needlessly r- large rod is obviously great if you just need another spike in ability power sheen like you said is good oblivion can be really good one that we didn't bring up that i do think could be good or two of them rather are void amethyst and profits pendant if you if somebody's building magic resist you can build magic penetration which can counter the magic resist so
1: see yeah like see i'm actually less high on these two because i think like <laughs> if someone builds like an early null magic mantle i don't think you want to build the, the early pen item to counter i think you just want to kind of finish your path okay but i do think like for example, the uh, void staff builds out of the the void amethyst and a and a void staff is so good and a blasting Wand, whatever. Pick up the amethyst instead of the blasting one yes. <laughs> right? when it's time to pick up that item first. But yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's really it as far as mid. I'm gonna not cover my face when I. Talk <laughs> I think that's about it <laughs> as uh, far as mid tier items go. There are more, but not necessarily that we think are worth talking about. In the amount of time that we could discuss talking about them, you should probably just be upgrading whatever these mid tier items are up into whatever they build into fully.
1: Like I, th- I think uh, for example, um, a way I like to look at it: like if you look at like a popular build for your champion, right? Any of the intermediate items that you know kind of follow from like that build into those those finish items, like those are kind of like the core medium medium items, right? Yeah. I would su- I would suggest like looking at the shop um, and seeing what items don't build into those most popular items, right? Because uh, those are the niche items.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense to me. But maybe it doesn't make sense to someone who's a pro and can tell us differently. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's um, to come on
1: here and be like, "You guys are fucking morons. Who let you make this are podcast
0: so fucking stupid? You guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how could you get this basic fact wrong?" He's going to get it right at the banners. Podcasters hate <laughs> these three tips. <laughs> um. All right, Ryan, finish this out strong. All right. How many team boosts do you got? All right,
1: I got some. I had my game open. Got to reload my game. Doo-doo-doo.
0: No. I had it open, too, because otherwise I wouldn't have known any of the mid tier items.
1: I have 13 victory boosts, Ooh. 10 blue boosts. Ooh. I have five season rewards boosts and one XP
0: boost. All right, your goal is to finish out those team boosts by the by the next podcast. Easy peasy, right? Easy peasy. That should be super easy. Thirteen games, and your fiance is not even home. Like you should have this down. My fiance, I'm
1: married, my dude.
0: You're. Oh my god, you are. <laughs> It's been a year. I went to your wedding.
1: <laughs> You're the one with a fiance. I can't believe it.
0: Uh, I what's hilarious is like all the time I'll call Emily my wife because at some point it's yeah. just going to be true, right? Like you know, and so I'm just getting in the habit now, and that's hilarious that I just straight up called your wife, your fiance. Your wife is not home; she's hanging out with her sister, going on a mad rad road trip. Yep. So, uh good for her
1: yeah good for them indeed um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna probably play some in while i, I need to take a break from path of exile
0: master by the end of the week you got this
1: mm, yep
0: not this week today's friday i was gonna say master by the end of next week
1: <laughs> yeah uh if i don't get fired first yeah
0: nine days <laughs> You got this. Yeah, can you beat can you become master and wildleft or can you beat the current patch of Path of Exile faster?
1: Oh, oh Both are <laughs>
0: both are steep without spending any money.
1: Wait, Path of Exile it's not paid away, what?
0: Well, I thought you were saying that they made it a lot harder to farm and so the game's going to take a lot longer. Yeah. Oh, you mean, like in-game
1: <laughs> money, yes, then yes, yes yes it's like okay just for the analogy imagine if they were like wow if Riot was like wow people are buying items too much and uh, and champions are too powerful as a result we're doubling the price of all items
0: that's fucking
1: ridiculous wait but it's like wait on top of that we're still not satisfied with because we think players will be able to buy too many items all minions now drop one gold whenever you kill them what the fuck no matter what (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's basically how yeah they kind of buffed it to be like they they buffed a a couple patches this week so now like minions drop like 15 gold but like they drop like 40 gold now so like it still sucks
0: yeah (laughs) but at least it's something i guess
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and But every once in a while, like, there'll be a random, like, oh, the, to, to extend the analogy, sometimes a super minion will spawn, even though you don't have the, the inhibitor down. Mm-hmm. And that minion will drop, like, 2,000 gold.
0: Oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but not often enough yeah, but for it to be, yeah.
1: It, it might it might not even spawn every match, dude.
0: That sucks. <laughs> it is cool that it does that, but, man, yeah, it sounds like things are not great in PoE right now.
1: It might not even spawn every... Imagine if the dragon just didn't spawn sometimes. <laughs> just wasn't guaranteed to spawn. But,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's a, it's a fun game.
0: Anyway. This analogy sucks.
1: If you want to talk about Path of Exile, if you want to talk about uh, League of Legends Wild Rift, if you want to talk about uh, um, Hispanic Link's very real email, hispanicstink69 at gmail.com, uh, talk to us on our Discord.
0: That's mine. It's my email, Ryan. Would you do the on- the honors of closing this out?
1: All right. The way I'm going to close this out is I'm going to go back over the analogy, but we're going to talk about it in canned cheese dust instead. So that's oh even more God. relatable, to everyone. And this is where Antonio fades out. To-
0: <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, cheese dust. Bye, everyone. Bye.